A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge of exposing somebody's racist past. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, won't help with the Wi-Fi password? Future you will have to pay to get that fixed then. So a few years ago, some of my family rented an Airbnb for the weekend in a resort town during the off-season. We were just going to hang out, go to a few spots that stayed open during the winter and so on. No big deal. What was a big deal at the time was that I needed internet access, which was supposedly included, cable internet. I had a foreign mobile phone, so using that wasn't an option. Anyway, it didn't work, so we called the person that rented it to us, and after blowing us off multiple times, he said, call the cable company, and left it at that, and wouldn't answer us again. Seriously, for a weekend stay and we don't own the place, you expect us to call the internet provider, come out there on a weekend and troubleshoot this? The issue was the Wi-Fi password being incorrect not the actual connection, which was obvious to me. The thing is, this place looked and smelled of the kind of place that was constantly rented during the summer, with strange dried up spray patterns on the ceiling, disgusting carpet and a congratulatory wad of gum on the bedpost in the room I stayed in. Sort of a spring break type of place to stay. Needless to say, it was gross on many levels. Knowing that I needed the internet and the renter wasn't going to help, I simply reset the router to the default settings and changed everything with the Wi-Fi now called Call the Cable Company along with a snarky password. We were insignificant since we were there in the off-season, but I guarantee you that someone, maybe the cable company, had to come out there to fix it, and the owner spent a lot more on that than just telling us the correct password. Petty, but it felt good. The real plot twist here would be if the owner was trying to be cryptic and call the cable company was the password all along. In all seriousness though, the only time I ever hear about Airbnb is these kinds of horror stories. Showing up to a place you probably spent way too much money on that is in a not good condition, the Wi-Fi password is unknown. I show up to a place like that, I'm not even sure if the bed sheets have been changed. I'd want to pick up some Clorox wipes or something before I even use the bathroom in a place like that. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, Karen tells me I'm enabling a homeless man. So, we have our fair share of homeless people in my town. The usual, ones at the end of exit ramps with signs or at the lights of highways. Usually I don't give anything because, realistically, usually don't have anything to give. But yesterday I'd had a decent day and actually found myself with a couple of bucks on hand. I see one particular man at a freeway light often and I know some of his story. He does use any money collected to purchase food, drink, not alcohol that I've seen, and will accept items graciously, not just cash. So I pull up to the light, wave him over and hand him the $4 I had. He thanks me and happens to walk across the intersection to the same gas station I was heading to in the first place. I go in to get gas, he grabs some of the hot food and a cheap fountain drink. All good, right? Nope. In comes Karen. The typical look and everything. Big sunglasses, the haircut, yoga pants, all of it. She immediately storms over to the register and demands a manager. I'm only mildly paying attention because I just need gas. 
Manager comes forward and this woman points that ugly but orange slash red long nail at me. I need police here. That woman gave that drug addict money outside your establishment. And a slew of other really random and ever-growing nonsense. At this point, the three other customers, me, the man I helped, and now a very interested customer, are staring at her. Manager looks so confused, so I chimed in. I said regardless that it isn't her business, I gave the guy a few bucks across the street, and he's buying food. Manager is like, okay. Karen isn't happy. She's screaming that obviously the station is a front for drugs and all sorts of crazy stuff. At this point, I've lost interest. Man buys his food, walks out. I get to the register, ask for gas. Is Karen done? No. She demands that if I'm going to pay for his drugs, then I need to buy her gas. She tells the cashier and manager to put, I think, like 40 on whatever pump she was at on my dime and storms out. We all just blink. I chuckled a bit and told them how much gas I needed. I was just going to ignore it, but I'm petty. I said put one dollar on her pump. Her screaming when the pump stopped at a dollar was beautiful. I got my gas and left while she was storming back into the station. Best dollar I've ever wasted. And glad she didn't actually harass the poor guy just trying to eat. She probably didn't harass that guy because there were so many people around between the cashier, OP, and the other person in the store. They probably had just enough common sense to realize how bad that would look and how out of place that would be. Probably tried to compromise with everybody by saying, we'll just pay for my gas. Yeah, right. Our next story is, sign my former bosses up for Scientology. Long story short, I used to teach culinary school. Fun job, and I love the students, but the pay was awful. And the owners and leaders were complete self-centered jerks. The two founders were all about themselves and would make these jokey, cringeworthy speeches about how great they were to every incoming class and one even put up a quote from himself in the student dining room. Everything was cool as long as you never took the limelight away from them and accepted the crappy pay. To add insult to injury, I accepted the low pay with a handshake agreement with them that if I was successful, we could revisit my compensation after six months. Well, six months came, I had great reviews, and I asked for a salary increase, and was told that there was no money to be had. I wasn't happy, but liked the job. Then a few weeks later, these geniuses decided to have a staff meeting, where they were going to educate us about the business. It was a for-profit school, something I regret getting involved in. When I saw the margins they were making off of each student, it was shocking. They were enriching themselves in crying poverty. And one of the founders had the audacity to take a six-week vacation to Maui right after this meeting because he was too stressed out or something. A little back-of-the-envelope math and I work out that these guys are probably each pulling $300,000 a year out of this and paying us $32,000 a year with no benefits and raises. Anyway, just like the rest of the staff, I'm having trouble making ends meet on my salary, so I go pick up some food writing jobs. I'm not a terribly great writer, but apparently between my average cooking skills and mediocre writing ability, I start making better money doing that than teaching, and I built up a bit of a reputation in my small part of the world. I'm just trying to make ends meet, but this set the owners off because they didn't want any competition for the limelight. 
All of a sudden, I'm getting nitpicked about everything. They get super insecure and start complaining about weird things and suddenly one day I'm laid off. Not a fun day, but it is what it is. They say the program isn't financially viable. This is a few months after showing me and all the other staff how much they're making. But the next Monday, my replacement starts, which rubs a little salt in the wounds. Anyway, I start getting calls from colleagues supporting me, and I'm honest and say it's bull. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Crap, but whatever, and I'm moving on, and it should die there, right? But it doesn't. These freakers try to contest my unemployment. They laid me off and took it to administrative court and everything and made up a story that I was fired for cause. I win that easily, pro tip, always keep termination paperwork, and then I keep getting really close on replacement jobs but can't quite seal the deal. I get a little suspicious so I call a friend and have him call over there for a reference and guess what? They're not only giving me a bad reference and saying that they fired me for cause, they are also saying I'm lying about my dates of employment and that I only worked there a month. So I lawyer up, get into some nasty back and forth, but I win again. Now, if I was reading this, I'd be thinking, what did this guy do? He must have done something. I bet he freaked someone's wife or stole money or something. That's the crazy thing. The only thing I'm guilty of is outshining the founders in their own eyes just bonkers. So after firing me, laying me off, contesting my unemployment, and screwing with my references, what's a guy to do? Well, first I decided to wait several months. I took that time to memorize their personal details. Fast forward a year and I have a great job, way better pay, and I don't work for psychos. I'm on a business trip and I see a church of Scientology. Boom, Perfect. Somehow I know that you somehow I know that if you ever give money to those nuts, they consider you a member of the church and will call and harass you for the rest of your life. So I walk in, pretend I'm curious, sit through the most boring presentation in my life, take some test and listen to them drone on about how Scientology will make me smart and popular and a chain smoker or something. I tell them I'm in. Where do I sign? Now, they want me to take some class, and it's like $300, and I don't like these freakers, but I'm not forking over $300 to be petty, so I give them all of the founder's info, address, cell phone, date of birth, which was way off, but they don't seem to notice or care, email, spouse's name, everything. I grab a book off the shelf, ask how much it is, $25, I think, make an excuse for why I can't take a class, but buy the book, and promise to be back in a week to sign up for a class. And now founder number one is a proud and paid member of the Church of Scientology. I've now done this three times at different churches of Scientology around the country, three founders down, and one more to go. It's always boring, and man, those Scientologists stink of SIGs like no one, but it's my petty revenge for freaking me over at that job. 
you know, I thought this was gonna be like, oh, I put his email on their emailing address list or something. You know, oh, I signed up for newsletters or magazines. No, OP went there and took a survey at the Church of Scientology. Now that is premier petty revenge. Our next story is, got my, now ex-girlfriend's emotional support, certain male body part, fired. Was dating this girl for a few months. There were red flags pretty early on. We were supposed to just be roommates. Things got complicated, started dating, and turns out she's shady as freak. I am totally at fault for staying, but I needed a place to live. I was paying majority rent and was the only one in the apartment with a full-time job. Whoops. Long story medium, I would call out her weird behavior, like friending a random guy she meets at work, taking his number even though she acknowledges he asked her out kinda shady, making out with her friend's boyfriend the night she tried to pull me home the first time shady, switches, show notification settings off and on kinda crap. Anyway, found out she was keeping this dude's number saved under her friend Kate's name. I found this out because she got a picture from this friend one day and it was, in fact, of this guy she'd been lying to me about having cancer so she could justify hanging out with him inappropriately. Let's just say he looks nothing like Kate. My suspicions grow. The worst part? He works at the apartment complex we lived in and she had him illegally remove my friends, her roommates, from the lease freaking because she's petty? I don't know. So one day I opened up her laptop. Scumbag move, but I've never been so sure I'm being freaked around. A miracle, it's unlocked. Go to her messages, confirm my suspicions, and then take pictures of her telling him to remove the roomies from the lease. Wasn't even mad about the cheating, just the gaslighting, lying, manipulation, and straight up delusional hypocrisy. I reported homeboy to his bosses. He was promptly fired. If you're reading this, buddy, Hope the cancer was real and I hope you're being taken care of. If it's cruelly fake, you're all disgusting trash people. See you around. I really thought OP was going to go hard on the whole cancer thing at the very end there. I'm glad to see I got pump faked out of my shoes on that one and he said, I hope it's taken care of. This next story is sidewalks optional. My parents' neighborhood has no sidewalks. The roads are plenty wide and they don't easily cut into different neighborhoods, so there's minimal traffic. Growing up, there was one house in the neighborhood that decided that every house needed sidewalks to keep walkers safe, and started a campaign to install them. They were able to get enough signatures from elderly people and those that didn't care about the issue, and managed to convince the city due to no objections when they brought it up at a city council meeting, and the city started informing the neighborhood that it would be happening. Houses really didn't want it because it would shrink their yards, but what really stirred the hornet's nest was that it was a city ordinance that each house would need to cover the bill for the installation and maintenance for the sidewalk on their property. There was an immediate uproar and the majority of the neighborhood was at the next council meeting. At the meeting was the smug person that pushed it on everybody, and the motion had already passed. So they just pointed out that it was going to happen and everybody should just let it happen. However, our alderman for the neighborhood came up with an amendment to the ordinance that the first installation of sidewalks would be optional and houses would need to opt in. Smug person thought this was fine and pressured neighbors that X and Y were doing it, so they had better do it as well, otherwise the neighborhood would look awful. The time finally came and sidewalk was installed, but only on smug guy's property. Every other house backed out. It certainly did look weird, but they were tucked away in the neighborhood, so nobody ever really saw. The revenge came the coming winter. You see, we lived in a northern climate, 
and city ordinance states that each homeowner is required to shovel and maintain their sidewalk for snowy conditions. When that first snowstorm happened, they didn't shovel their sidewalk. Their neighbors reported them, and the city then fined them. I was only reminded of this since the city just changed the ordinance that forced owners to cover maintenance costs for their sidewalks, but my paper route always cut through their yard growing up, and I always used their sidewalk to get to the next house. So, you're telling me that this person was left stuck with just a slab of concrete at the edge of their yard? And that's it. What would be even better is if they're in like the middle of the street. So it just looks especially dumb that they just have this strip of concrete going across their property that goes nowhere to nowhere. Let alone the proud maintenance fee they have to cover just to enjoy their prized strip of concrete. Our next story is, co-worker picked on me every day, so I made him cry. A couple of years back when I was 21, I was working the counter at a store that also did servicing. We had a shop in the back with two technicians. I'll start with saying that I'm someone who can take most teasing and doesn't have a hard time getting along with people, but there's only so much a person can take until you reach a breaking point. And I showed exactly that to this dude that didn't know when... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. To stop, he was your classic 8-year-old mind in a grown man's body. He was also terrible at his job never did anything right and just a bully in general to all of us but mostly me because I was the only one who put up with it. He would always sneak up and poke me in the ribs while I was at my desk and I would jump and sometimes hurt my neck. I'd laugh it off uncomfortably trying to not be a jerk. He just didn't understand social cues either. Like you'd really have to drill things in. He would jokingly punch me all the time say no when I asked him to do things, and just make work harder than it had to be. He thought he was just being funny, but it was annoying as heck. I had asked him many times to stop. Nothing. I told him to grow up one time and stop touching me all the time when I was in a bad mood. He just laughed and called me a little boy. Well, the breaking point was when he came into the front and grabbed a staple out of the stapler and started poking me with it. It broke skin, and I was ticked, but held my composure and went about it like any other day but knew this was the limit. That night, I talked to my dad about it. He told me to stick up for myself, among other things. So the next morning, I packed up all my rage and walked up to him at the punch clock. I told him that I like him as a person, but if he continued touching me and bothering me, when I repeatedly asked him to stop, we were going to have a problem. He laughed. This dude just laughed. I lost it. I raised my voice at him, which is totally out of character for me, told him that I'm dead freaking serious and that management would be contacted if he didn't stop. I'd had enough of his crap. His eyes filled with tears. It felt so good to finally stand up for myself and see this bully cry. He went and cried to the manager about how bad he felt and how he didn't want to lose his job, saving face. Needless to say, he didn't touch me again, but he eventually got fired a few months later for being horrible at his job and just a crappy human in general. 
Honestly, his reaction and him immediately going off and crying, apologizing, sort of, saying they don't want to lose their job to their manager, that makes me kind of wonder if he had anything going on personally, not like relationship-wise, but just any kind of condition that would make them act such a way. Because all of his behaviors added up just strike me as something so far out of the norm. Our next story is, you get me in trouble for dumb reason, you don't get a job. I'm 28, male, a nurse manager at a hospital. And a lady, Bianca, calls the hospital looking for a job, and the call was forwarded to me. The lady asked if we were hiring, and she gave me her name and her phone number. She said she goes by Bianca, but her name is something else. She's been calling here a couple of times a day and wanted to come to the hospital in person to leave her resume. I tell her to apply online, and I gave her the link. She applies online. I look at her resume, and I noticed her name sounded familiar, but I didn't think too much of it. I looked up her license and she was a red flag, so I reject her application. The next day she comes in person wanting to meet me and leaves her resume at the front desk, even though I told her not to come in person. Then I come to the realization that I've worked with this lady a few years ago at another hospital. I was about 22 at the time and I was not a nurse at the time, just a tech. She was the only nurse I did not get along with, and we had an argument about getting a temperature on a two-year-old kid with a complaint of fever. She wanted me to get the temperature rectally, and I told her no because I got it orally instead. Kid is capable of comprehending how to put the thermometer under her tongue. I told her if she wanted a rectal temperature, she needed to do it herself. We argue about it, and she gets mad because she's a big lady and had knee problems and she was lazy. She got me in trouble with my manager for not helping. Fast forward to yesterday, after I realized who she was, I called my boss from my old hospital to verify her name. My boss tells me that she was fired from the job years ago for throwing her badge at my boss. I told the front desk clerk to throw her resume in the shredder. Today, she calls again asking for me. I do not reply. Was she really banking on OP throwing themselves on the sword for her solely because they had worked together before? With all the bridges she had surely burnt that she must have known that she burnt herself, did she really expect that OP would be like, oh, I remember that name, therefore you're hired? Our next story is Costa Lowe's employee her job over load capacity. I have a pellet stove that I use for heating my house in the winter. I usually buy pellets at the lumber store an hour and a half away where they're made, but gas prices recently have made it cheaper to buy them at Lowe's a half hour away. I pay more per ton, but pay way less in gas. Yes, I live in the boonies. My boyfriend and I purchase a single ton because that's really all we need to finish out the winter. We ask that the pallet be loaded onto my 3 fourths ton pickup with the forklift. The employee refuses, stating that she can't put a one-ton pallet into a three-fourths ton pickup because it's more than the truck can carry. Okay, crazy, this pickup will and has carried two tons around with no issues. But we don't want to argue with her, so we just start loading the bags individually into the back of the truck as she sat the pallet down on the ground right behind us. The employee calls the police, telling them that we are overloading a truck and planning to drive that way. The police show up and ask me what year my truck is. I tell them, and they Google the load capacity on one of their phones. First result up says 3,589 to 4,422 pounds. We are only loading 2,000 pounds. Police turn to her, see her phone in her pocket, and ask her why she didn't look up the load capacity of my truck before calling them. She sputters something about a 3 fourths ton versus 1 ton trucks and 1 ton of pellets. 
The police tell her never to waste their time calling them about something like this again and leave. We finished loading the few remaining bags. I walked back into the store and let the manager know that we just had to deal with the police because his employee wasn't aware that the size stated on the side of the truck is not its load capacity. I asked him why an employee would take it upon herself to refuse to load a ton of pellets and call the police instead of coming and asking him what the right thing to do is. He apologized and said he would make sure all his employees know to speak with a manager instead of calling the police. That was the last time we ever saw her working there. Ran into her behind the counter at a gas station around 1am, looking pretty tired and miserable, when I was coming back from a long trip that took me across three western states. Doubt she recognized me, but it sure made me smile like a fiend to see her working graveyard instead of day shift. I mean, I've witnessed firsthand a pickup truck that surely shouldn't be toting that much stuff get like two pallets of cement bricks loaded into the back of it. Like, you could visibly see how much lower the suspension was sitting. Did they care? Nah. Enjoy. Do they really have any liability if something goes wrong while driving just because they loaded it into the back because you asked them to? Our next story is, made the office ice cream thieves feel uncomfortable. I work in a corporate building where a majority of the people are over the age of 50. There are no high school kids working here of any sort. Each department gets a budget to have little snacks in their areas, and for the most part, they can get whatever they want. My department helps put different equipment and displays in the stores, and they were retiring an old freezer chest, and one of the head honchos of our department snagged it, tucked it into the printer room, and said we could use some of the snack budget to get little ice creams. It was awesome, but like I said, it was in the printer room. So occasionally, if a different department had their printer down, they would come use ours, which typically isn't a problem, until word spread about our little snack hoard. Soon, our budget was going too fast as different people would sneak in and grab our ice cream. And come this past September, it got taken away because it was too expensive. Well, fast forward to today, and all is quiet in the cubicles until we hear a voice go, This is the room with the ice cream in it and me and my coworker both whipped around and stuck our heads out of our cubicles to glare at the door next to the printer room. We hear them exclaim about it being gone before two guys in their 50s and 60s walk out and just freeze at two very upset ladies glaring at them. Guy 1 says, You're not looking for me, right? Guy 2 says, Definitely not looking for me. Silent glaring. Guy 1 then said, I think I hear my mom calling me. Guy 2 said, me too, and they both booked it out of there. It's not as good as some stories on here, but it felt good to just make at least two of the people that caused us to lose ice cream feel uncomfortable. It's just sad that rather than try to find some way for the people who are supposed to get the ice cream are the only ones who can, their solution is, alright, listen, it's not working out, everybody's taking too much or whatever, just rip the whole thing out of there. If anything, you should have told them straight to their face how you used to until other departments started stealing it. Our next story is, SJW friend started attacking me over a Facebook post. Time to plaster my socials about the time they did blackface. So basically, I made a post during COVID times, basically saying it doesn't look good to wish COVID on people just because they disagree with you. I said it will not help them take your argument seriously. If anything, it has the opposite effect when you claim to care about people's health, but then tell them you hope they get COVID and die when they don't agree with you. I was literally just saying to be nicer to people. Someone who I thought was a friend commented comparing them to Hitler and said it should be celebrated when crappy people get sick. 
I reply and said it's ironic to say you care, but then wish them harm when they disagree. He then went on a whole long rant full of personal attacks about how I have no traction on my posts, how I'm sad and lonely, that I don't think before I write, and I'm off-putting. At this point, I'm like, huh? I thought we were friends, but I guess not. I replied and said I deleted his comment because it was irrelevant and mean-spirited. Then he went on another tangent about how I'm too toxic for his feed. He's tired of scrolling past my asinine posts that are clearly begging for attention. And here's the attention you wanted, hope you're thrilled. Like okay, at this point you can freak right off. There was a lot more because he just kept going in on my personality and character, but I was deleting most of them instantly. I only saved a screenshot of his first two comments. Yes, all of that was from two of his comments. He also said I was too stupid to understand his Hitler analogy. No, it was just a stupid analogy. Like at this point it seems like bullying, right? Like why are you coming on my post and trying to crap on me so hard? Why are you insulting me and calling me stupid, sad, lonely, attention seeker, etc. when I literally just made a post saying to be nicer to people? Not to mention, I was there as one of the first people supporting him when he started doing drag. I was at his first show to support him. We competed on a team together. We were seat partners and we shared a bed on overnight trips. We were good friends, I thought. And at the end, after I said he was a fake friend and is showing his true colors, he said, I haven't seen you in years and I hate your online presence, so good riddance. My online presence? You mean the existence of my photos and thoughts? Freak you. I also saw him at a bar sometime afterwards. Tried being the bigger person and speaking to him nicely. I even tipped him, but he acted like he couldn't see or hear me. That really sealed the deal. I shoulder checked him and walked away and started plotting. I did a little digging and found a pretty obscure post from another drag queen in his community who was talking about how he doesn't support black artists. Then I found a video of him in blackface. Needless to say, I plastered that crap all over my socials. Enjoy. If he wants to be funny, we can be hilarious. His Instagram bio had as seen on TV in it, so I screenshot that edited it to say, as seen in blackface, and posted that too. He started getting some backlash from the community and there was even a group chat called the downfall of so and so. We also had a mutual friend that also had a falling out with him shortly after. Could you guess why? Because of his rude, condescending, and insulting comments. My friend basically stood up for himself and said he's not dealing with the constant criticism anymore. He was his drag mother. My friend literally dropped his name and started his own drag family. I think this is a side effect of people being allowed to be on the internet just too darn much. I think it emboldens people to say and attack people in a way that they never would in person, or obviously just wouldn't even have the opportunity to. You look around at comments on really any social media, there's going to be outrageous bait, and especially outrageous bait solely intended to try to make you feel bad and therefore interact with it. I think a hiatus from being so online for this former friend would do him a lot of good. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.